it is again, another episode of Speaking of Gothic. And I have to say, I'm really excited for this episode because I'm going to talk about a current film, which is out, as opposed to one that was in the 80s or the 90s or whatever, which of course I love those. But the film I'm talking about today is The Pale Blue Eye 2022. But actually, my wife and I, we watched it uh, in 2023, which was last night. So as I'm recording this episode, it's Saturday the 7th. So we just watched it on Friday the 6th. But I have to say, I'm super excited about this film. And I'm going to watch it probably again and again just to gather more from it. But the film The Pale Blue Eye is directed by Scott Cooper. stars Christian Bale as August Landor. Harry Melling as Edgar Allan Poe. Lucy Boyton. Gillian Anderson from X-Files fame. She was Scully. And Timothy Spall. Um, and just to give you a little bit of nuance or context background about this, um, Scott Cooper is not a director that I'm familiar with, although I've seen some of his films, but I just didn't know his name. Uh, he, he directed Christian Bale in two other films, Out of the Furnace from 2013, which I actually saw. is pretty good, and but I can't remember what it's about. And Hostiles from 2017, which I have not seen, but I heard really good things about it. And he also directed the Johnny Depp film from 2015 called Black Mass, which... Uh, my sons have been telling me that it's a really great movie. I need to see that. And interestingly enough, Crazy Heart in 2009 with Jeff Bridges. And I believe Jeff Bridges won an Oscar for that performance. So he's a fabulous director. Uh, But I saw one of his his films last year and I loved it. I loved it so much that I literally, I watched it one night and I turned around and watched it the next day. And it's called Antlers. It's a horror film, 2021. I don't know what it was about this film. At first, I almost checked out on Antlers, and I know I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole, but I'm, I'm just kind of, I want to set this up in terms of the kind of director that Scott Cooper is. Because uh, the more and more I think about it, Antlers is actually a gothic horror film because it's built on the legend of the Wendigo entity. And if you know anything about the Wendigo, it's a really creepy, disturbing creature that's been around a lot of time and is often tied to... Uh, first people uh, first nation nation legends and mythology and i think that i might actually do an episode about antlers but here is a brief synopsis of the movie the pale blue eye veteran detective augustus landor investigates a series of grisly murders with the help of a young cadet who will eventually go on to become the world famous author edgar Allan poe for those of you who may not know this, Edgar Allan Poe is a young man. He actually did attend West Point Military Academy. And, uh, you know, if you study anything about Edgar Allan Poe, you'll you'll know this. But, you know, for the general public who, who has heard Edgar Allan Poe's name, they probably don't know this. So I like the way the fact that they that they intertwined his actual years at the military academy with this with this uh, with this movie. And what I love about the film is how it embraces the gothic aspect and, you know, the aesthetic in every aspect. The movie itself is based on a novel of the same name written by Louis Bayard. And I think I remember reading the first chapter on Amazon, you know, they, how they have that look inside feature. I think what the movie did well, even though it didn't exactly um, start on the exact same beats as the novel... The novel gives a little bit more background and it's told in the first person by Landor, but it kind of just plunges you right into this gothic atmosphere. I mean, I felt it when I was reading that little bit of the novel and then watching the film last night, I was like, oh yes, I can totally get this. You know, and also because I consider Poe to be the godfather of what we call gothic horror. I mean, this movie had me hooked 
from the very beginning. As usual, uh, I'm not going to spoil the movie or its ending, so I'm going to just stick to the gothic tropes as usual. And I'm going to dance around any potential spoilers or important plot points that give too much away. So let's get into the tropes. So the grotesque. Uh, Augustus Landor, he's a former detective of you know some fame. And he's called in to investigate a shocking murder at West Point where a man was found hanged and his heart was cut out. So right away, it's the grotesque coupled with dark subject matter. And the events of the film, they kind of be, they, they begin there and then it goes deeper as others are murdered. And then the reasons why come to light later on. And then, you know, it was interesting because, I mean, it took a darker turn than what I thought it was going to take. So I really love that. And for the whole, for the entirety of the movie, I mean, I felt like I was just immersed in the gothic elements. Now, there's hints of the supernatural. I would not say, I'm, I'm telling you up front. This is not necessarily a supernatural film. It's more of a mystery, suspense, gothic thriller is what I would say. Similar to something that I actually started re-watching just recently. Uh, Sherlock Holmes, The Hound of the Baskervilles. There's been many iterations of Hound of the Baskervilles. Uh, you know, obviously it came from the books by uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Um, and I don't know how many film versions there are, but the one that stuck with me the most is the one that I started watching with Christopher Lee and Peter Cushing. And Peter Cushing, he plays Sherlock Holmes. And I can't remember who Christopher Lee plays because I'm still probably in the first 30 minutes of the film and he hasn't shown up yet. But obviously those two are famous for their interactions in the Hammer films where uh, Chris, Peter Cushing played Abraham Van Helsing and Christopher Lee played Count Dracula. And I believe this film was a Hammer film because it sure looks like it. So, But anyway, the reason I bring that up is because when I was watching The Pale Blue Eye and I had just been watching Hound of the Baskervilles, the gothic aesthetic, the environment, the mood, it felt just like that. And again, since there, there's a hint of the supernatural, but I would not say it's a gothic horror film. Uh, well, you know what? Now that, I, now that I think about it, you know, I guess you could still say horror because horror is such a large umbrella. Um, so I'm gonna call it I'm gonna call it a gothic mystery and with hints of horror. We'll say that. Now the environment is, I think, super important in this film because uh, the West Point Military Academy, you know, as is shown in the 1800s or whenever this is, uh, I think this is 1830 when this film takes place. I believe it's 1830. But it, it's... When they built it, it was sitting in the middle of nowhere. Now I know there's a bunch of, you know, a small city around there, whatever's around there now, but the way they showed it in this film is that it is out in the middle of nowhere. And of course, there's a spooky forest around there and there's a small community nearby. And all these elements, they're all kind of characters in themselves and true to gothic tropes dating back, you know, from almost a century or more, you know, most of the grisly or horrendous or mysterious events that take place in or near the woods of the forest. And I think that's become kind of a gothic staple. So as Landor and Poe navigate the events surrounding the murders, every scene is either shrouded in darkness or there's a perpetual fog. And in my mind, the fog seems to serve as a metaphor for the truth being obscured. So I, I just love that. Now let's talk about persons in distress. In this film, 
it's the cadets of West Point that are in distress because no one knows who, who's going to be targeted next or why. And the level of anxiety for the cadets and the leaders of the school is uh, exacerbated every time something happens. And along with this is there's a sense of isolation and there's not remoteness in the character's mind, but there's isolation because of the location of West Point, as I was telling you. And it's, you know, I think, I believe it was isolated by the design, you know, it being a military academy. I need to look into the history of West Point. I'm not super familiar with the background. But in this film, because of the murders, the, cat, the cadets are restricted to limited movements. And this makes the search for the killer or killers that much more difficult. And there's a scene, now that I'm thinking about it, that takes place where uh, cadets start to go missing. And then you have like a, a walking line where all the cadets and Landor and the leaders, they're all out in the forest. Uh, I forget what they, what they call that kind of line. But, you know, when there's a missing person, so they're all stretched out. And it's it's kind of an overhead shot, and you can see the people walking. You can see the trees, and it seems you know it's in winter time. It's just it's just a fabulous environment that they created. So it kind of keeps you um, tied into the aesthetic and tied in you know, and, and it keeps it kept me invested in in what was happening. And of course, the film is filled with mystery, suspension, tension, and fear because no one knows when the murderer is going to strike next. And at a certain point. The film does a good job of making us worry about adjacent characters as well. There is a supporting character who's introduced, oh my goodness, probably halfway in, uh, this woman. But I, I think because of how Scott Cooper has created this environment, I was worried about her well-being. I was thinking, wow, she's not even a cadet, but I'm worried about her. What's going to happen with her? So it's very well done. I, I really, I really love this film. Um, and of course, going along with that, there's you know all the characters are experiencing some sort of heightened emotional distress or state. Um, now I'm going to jump to the characters because this is where uh, I think this film excels. I think I've mentioned in previous episodes about uh, a gothic trope is that sometimes characters possess some sort of psychic link connection or ability. Well, that's not the case in this one, but I do want to call out the characters because uh, Augustus Landor he's not only a gothic character but he's also a noir character that could exist in any genre he is and see if this sounds familiar it for almost any film you've seen uh he's an alcoholic ex-law enforcement police officer grieving his late wife and lost child and he's kind of depressed i mean i was just watching a video about lethal weapon from 1987 with mel gibson and danny glover i mean i love the lethal weapon films and that's exactly how riggs is Riggs is an alcoholic grieving his late wife. He didn't have a child, but he's depressed and he's suicidal. And so that sort of trope, which is kind of a noir trope, um, it, you can definitely see that here with uh, Augustus Landor's character, which is uh, Christian Bale. And Edgar Allan Poe, um, the, the actor who plays him, um, I can't remember, Harry Melling? Welling? Melling? Um, I don't remember where I've seen him. I know I've seen him in some things, but as Poe, he was amazing amazing the Poe the Edgar Allan Poe that he created uh, was very intellectual very curious um, very likable honestly and you know when I read Poe and I see pictures of Poe he always looks depressed I and mean, you can see it in his eyes his eyes he looks like somebody who's 
weary with life and and who has not had a lot of happiness and i know that he had kind of a a rough time of it with i want to say that his first wife passed away and then he married some younger i don't know is he had some crazy events and then there's kind of mysterious circumstances about the exact uh the exact happenings of when he died you know did he pass out drunk did he get beaten up i I don't know i don't think we know but it's always the gloomy pose so this edgar Allan poe this version because he's he is younger um i really i really liked it you know but you could see dashes of the dark gloomy poe that we all know um and also what i found interesting was that as a military cadet he was actually a bit older than some of the other students so and there's a part where he kind of talks about how he was uh made fun of and probably bullied you didn't see these events but yeah i mean you could see some of it and i think it probably had to do with his intellect and his his morbid curiosity and his the different way that he thought about life and engaged in the world so uh and for me the very inclusion of poe in this movie signaled that it was a dark and somber tale and i kind of said to myself ah this is not going to end well I'm not going to tell you how it ended, but I'm just saying that, you know, that's the kind of the messaging that I picked up. I thought, okay, Edgar Allan Poe is in this. Yeah, it's going to go south. And the Gothic language in the film, the film is set in 1830. So everyone speaks in a more formalized dialect. They're very, uh, you know, there's contractions, of course, you know, can't, whatever. But um, I say that as with my author brain. But I love the way that everybody speaks in that more formalized milieu. And that's what I kind of, I love to do that in uh, in my novels as well. So my verdict, The Pale Blue Eye from 2022. It's filled with all the tropes that I consider to be gothic. Is it horror? Eh, you know, it, it, for me, it kind of rides the line between gothic horror and gothic mystery or gothic suspense. But if you're a horror fan, a straight up horror fan, and, you know, don't, please watch the movie because it still is a great, great movie, you know, uh, and it features all the Gothic tropes. It has a moody atmosphere and great characters and great character work in Augustus Landit, Landor, that was Christian Bale and the young Edgar Allan Poe, Harry Milling. I mean, I love this movie and it's, you know, I've been looking forward to it, but when I saw it, I thought, okay, yes, this is going to be on my must watch list. And I'm definitely going to return to this movie again and again. So, the Pale Blue Eye, 2022, although it just came out on Netflix this year, so I'm saying 2023, even though it was produced last year. So once again, um, if you like the direction of this show and um, and you like the content that I'm providing to you, please subscribe to the show so that way you will see when new episodes come out and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, it'll really help the show grow. And again, this is, this show is in its infancy. I was I was listening to a show, uh, Talking Scared, it's, uh, the podcast called Talking Scared. I love this, and this gentleman talks about horror horror novels. He's very literate. I, I love I love that podcast. And um, I thought, man, you know, maybe I can. I hope I can do it to the level that he's doing at it, that he's doing it. And then I looked at his his episode numbers, and I thought, oh, you know what? He's 125 episodes in. This is what number eleven for me, maybe number nine if you don't count the bonus episodes. So uh, I know it's going to take some time to grow this, uh, but I will be consistent. But again, I just want to keep talking to you about the things that I love to talk about, and hopefully some of you do too. And again, maybe you'll find a movie 
or something and you'll say, oh man, yeah, I think I'll, I'll watch that. And eventually uh, I will talk about some books and maybe some other things. So thank you very, very, very much for listening. If you're tuning into this and as always fellow Gothics, take care of yourselves and be kind to one another. Bye-bye.